This week's episode of The Curious Podcast is brought to you by you, our valued listeners. If there are any topics you would like to hear us talk about, you can submit your suggestions at curious.podcasts at gmail.com. Also, if you want to show us some love and support, why not pop over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Curious Podcasts. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Curious Podcast with me, Dr. Drusifer, and the arsehole next to me, Richie Lawless. Episode 19. It is, yes, episode 19, after the shit show that was episode 18. Yeah, sorry about last week. Um, that's what happens when you let Drew have an idea. No, no, it was Madam Jem's idea, not me. Yours. No. Oh, have you heard... About the guy who got into an accident and lost his left arm and left leg. No. Ah, he's all right now. <laughs> you know, sometimes people need to be punched in the mouth, eh? And sometimes people need to uh, actually turn up on time. Oh, you mean how I make a day late? Oh, no, wait, that's your fault. Look, just because I had the shits. That's you, you cook once for yourself and poison yourself. I know, I need to go back to just ordering takeaways. What did you have? An omelette or something? Um, I, I had the omelette in the afternoon, but it wasn't that. It was what I had on the night time. What? Uh, this really chocolatey cheesecake. It was, it was nice. It wasn't brilliant. And then about four o'clock in the morning... The stomach goes all crampy and uh, I can't stop shitting. So we still could have done it. I just assumed you were contagious. Well, you didn't ask, did you? We didn't tell us. Just for anyone uh, who's listening, just to clear something up here, yeah, I'm not a mind reader. And we have really bad communication ah. skills with each other. Right. Well, I suppose we'll get on with your thing then. Okay, well. What's it the corridor of shit or something? Or? The Curiosity Scratching Post. Then. I'm trying, I'm trying. We'll get the key. I am using the key. Got the one. Yeah, there we go. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Curiosity Scratching Post. So this week we will be continuing with the creepypasta story that I started. And we officially start part two of that story today. So without further ado, I shall begin. I ducked to the right, moving between a van and a parked ambulance, and darted out in front of it, doing my best to use the vehicles to shield me from my pursuer's view. My head spun. Moments from every true crime podcast or murder show I'd seen playing out in real time. My arms ached with the effort of carrying my daughter while running, and I struggled to balance her with one arm while I grabbed the keys with the other, clicking the panic button as I scanned the cars around me for any sign of mine. Several rows ahead I could hear it, and see the blare of its lights glowing from behind the other vehicles. 
It seemed all the motivation my body needed to conjure up some extra bit of speed, as I could hear the footsteps behind me approaching. The car came into view, one row ahead, the sight of it making my heart lurch. Every second spent covering the distance between it was excruciating, and every hair on the back of my neck was at attention, prepared to feel someone yank me back. I was nearly there. I could almost reach out and grab the handle when I felt the hand on my shoulder firm, nearly making me lose my balance. No, I shrieked, finally finding my voice as I spun around and tried to fight my captor, only to feel a firm set of arms pull Abigail from my grasp. In my panic, I felt my boots catch against each other and I fell back, sliding back against the car and, in and onto the ground with a force that made my teeth clutter. Leanne, it's me. Relax, baby, it's me. Even through my terror, I could recognise Alan's voice. Immediately the fear disappeared, giving way to a strange and overpowering sorrow. I fell into his shoulder, the tears running freely as I did so. I was drained, both mentally and physically, and in the moment I wanted to cry, vomit and pass out, perhaps all at once. I, I didn't mean to scare you like that. I saw you running and I got worried so I hurried to catch up. What were you running from? I looked up at him, unsure of how to respond for a moment. There was some part of me that felt suddenly quite foolish for how I'd reacted. Almost certain I'd perhaps blown things out of proportion as we sat there alone in the parking lot. I shook my head. I thought I'd heard someone. It's nothing. Let's just go home. I could see in his face that he was worried, but he knew better than to push any further which I appreciated more than he could know. Okay, he said. I'll get her in her seat. You just go ahead and try to doze off. I nodded, smiling though I felt no humour in it, as I began to round the car for the passenger side door. It was as I was climbing into my seat, pulling the door shut with a groan, that I peered out into the world beyond the window and felt my heart stop. I swallowed hard as I stared at the vehicle exiting from the parking lot only a few yards away, caught for just a moment beneath the street lights as it turned into a quiet residential street. It was immediately familiar to me. An old pickup in a shade I could only recall seeing once before. In the driveway of our neighbour's house, old Mrs Melody, the very woman who had brought Abigail to me that afternoon. The realisation made my stomach turn, and somewhere in the back of my head I could hear the doctor again. Sometimes that alarm bell in your head is going off for a reason. Trust your instincts, Mom. At that moment, though I could find no way to prove it, my instincts told me that something was going on with the woman next door, and I feared, somehow, my little girl was involved. That night, despite my exhaustion, I doubt I slept more than three hours in total. It was a light sleep, with every stir of my daughter in bed snatching me from my slumber as I would shoot up, scanning the darkness beside me until I was certain she hadn't wakened. I wasn't sure when, 
if ever, she would be back in that crib. I couldn't see myself feeling safe leaving her in her room alone again for a long while. At the very least until we could be sure she wasn't attempting any more midnight escapes and God only knew how we would manage that. I couldn't even be sure of when this had started. At some point during one of those moments, sitting in the silence of the room, listening to the breathing of my husband and daughter over the continuous drone of the ceiling fan, the hope of sleep seemed to escape me. I sat in the darkness, my eyes adjusting to the faint light pouring through the windows, a combination of the moon and the distant streetlights, all I had to say with. My eyes lingered on the stuffed bear, sitting at the edge of the bed like some sentry standing watch. From the moment we'd returned, even through the mental slur of the painkillers, it had been the first thing she'd mentioned, and Alan had brought it to the room for her. I had moved it at some point, after rolling onto the thing, only to be awakened by the sensation of it digging into my back. Something in it firm and hard, complete with some pointed edge I could feel. The sight of it there in the dark, sitting there unmoving, with its blank glass eyes peering forward seemingly through me, made me feel a strange sort of distress. I'm not sure how much time passed with me tossing and turning in the vain hope that sleep may lie in the next position, but I found my eyes kept lingering back towards that damn bear. I glanced beside me, confirming that both Abigail and Alan were sleeping soundly, as I edged towards the end of the bed. With one quick motion, I booted the thing off the bed, those eyes watching me accusingly. It hit the ground with a thud that made me grip my teeth, peering back to ensure my daughter remained asleep, and I muttered a silent thanks that she had. I glanced over my husband's sleeping form, at the digital clock on his nightstand, 1.55 at red. Only five minutes or so away from the time of our daughter's nightly tantrums. The thought brought on a great sense of foreboding that I couldn't shake, lying there in the darkness, massing in my chest like the tangle of so many weeds. Perhaps it was the result of a day of mishaps, leading me to feel there could only be something worse around the corner, and feeling my anxiety like trees and dry brush do a forest fire. It was ridiculous. I was certain of it. I rolled over, placed my hand over Abigail as though it could bring me all the security I felt lacking in that moment. She was there, hurt, as much as it killed me, but safe. I couldn't see her waking up in the next four minutes. I laid back and forced my eyes closed, doing all I could do to drag myself back to sleep. It had only been a few minutes. My ears tuned to the alternating sounds of my husband and daughter's breathing and the whirring creak of the ceiling fan as I'd begun to drift when I heard it. At first, I was certain it was my imagination. The sound was so faint. I could almost dismiss it as such, but no, it was far too persistent. A strange mechanical hiss, like someone had switched on a broken television somewhere in the distance, that echoed out amongst the whirring of the fan and usual murmur of the house's inner workings. Before I could even identify a source, I felt my heart pounding furiously against my chest, 
My eyes fell back on the glowing display of the clock. Two o'clock. The timing. It seemed strangely intentional. I could feel a chord of unease struck, reverberating through me with a chilling effect as my ears perked to listen closer. I sat up, wavering in my mind between waking up Alan or not, settling quickly on the ladder. He had to be up in a few hours, and while I felt unsettled, I saw no need to disturb him yet. Instead, as carefully as I could manage, I slid out from beneath the covers and stepped gingerly out of bed. The wooden floorboards creaked their protest, making me grimace as I watched Abigail stir. After seconds passed without another movement, I felt okay to chance another careful step forward. My ears felt tuned as I listened for that sound, louder it seemed, now that I was really listening for it. I could think of nothing in my room that could be responsible for it, save for perhaps the white noise machine I hadn't used in months, and that was much louder. No, this sound brought to mind something else. It was oddly reminiscent of the static one might hear on a walkie-talkie, or something of the like. I had owned one during my childhood, which I'd used to talk to some of my friends in the neighbourhood, and as I inched across the bedroom floor, gripped by the quiet and frigid night air that seemed to hang heavy in the room, it was all my mind could conjure. I stepped forward again as delicately as I could manage, my eyes scanning the dim light as best as they could, though I was relying almost entirely on my hearing to guide me. That mechanical hiss was growing louder with each step, somewhere to the right of me it seemed, near the foot of the bed. I could feel my heart in my throat with every footfall, my mouth running dry as the hairs on the back of my neck rose with the creep of anxiety. It was louder now, so much so that I was beginning to worry it might wake my family. A series of cracking and popping noises audible amongst the hissing. It seemed to be coming from more than one place, though the noise faded in and out. I was almost certain that it was coming from two different directions. The thought made my skin crawl and the pit in my chest widened. As though I was being surrounded by something unseen, my home invaded by spectres I could only listen for. It was then that I heard it, faint but unmistakable, a voice from amidst the disembodied static. Hello? In the moment, I could have sworn my heart stopped, an icy shock tore through me as though I had just been submerged in freezing waters. My eyes scanned the darkness wide and searching for anything that might be the source of the sound. Babe? I leapt, nearly losing my balance as I stumbled away from the sudden sound, only to glance over and see Alan sat up in the bed. He looked tired and confused more than anything, hands running over his eyes, but after a few moments I could see that he too could hear it. What the hell is that? Little bear, you there? I sucked in a breath, head spinning with such force 
I was certain I might fall out from the sheer panic starting to flood my system. That voice again amongst the phantom static, raw and hissing. Our eyes met and I felt a surge of some gruesome satisfaction that I wasn't alone. He heard it too. Are you there? I, I spun the face behind me, certain I could hear that voice drifting from somewhere over my shoulder, and found only an empty room to greet me. From behind me again, the static grew louder, and for the first time since it had appeared, I could pinpoint from where. My eyes fell on the baby monitor, on our nightstand. Its lights glowed from the hiss of the audio, sparking with colour the louder it grew. Alan followed my gaze, snatched it up in one quick motion before pressing the button to respond. Who the fuck is this? There was a shrill sound, like the squeal of audio feedback that made us both cringe, and set Abigail to stirring immediately followed by an echo as though this voice was being played back simultaneously from somewhere else, somewhere nearby, ceasing only when Alan released the monitor. In an instant, it was all gone. The air hung heavy with an electric sort of surreality, like the early moments of some waking nightmare, yet there was nothing but the usual sounds of our home to fill its void. The room was silent, or as close as it could be anyways. Abby had begun to kick up, though still asleep. She was starting to wake, the sounds finally growing too much for her, and I could hear the beginnings of a tantrum building as sleep began to wane. For several moments, Alan and I lingered in place, our eyes logging, a coiling tension passing between us both. In an instant, a thought crossed my mind, and before I could even think things through clearly, I was out of our room and hurrying across the hall towards Abby's. The door loomed ahead, as ominous as a gravestone, my mind fully prepared to meet the intruder I knew must be on the other side. I could all but see it, some figure clad in shadow, hunched over the baby monitor in my daughter's room. The thought filled me with terror and a rage like nothing I had ever felt. It was the only thing I could think of at the moment that made some sort of sense. It was obvious that whoever we had just heard had been trying to speak to our daughter and I couldn't think of no other way we could have heard them over the, her monitor. Leanne, where are you going? Stop, wait. Alan's footfalls grew heavy as he rushed ahead of me putting himself between me and the door. He shook his head, eyes locking with mine, a look of that was part confusion, but a majority of visible worry etched on his features. I'll check, you stay behind me. We don't know who might be in there. I nodded, still nudging him forth until he was pushing the door open. As we pushed into the room, my eyes fell immediately on the nightstand. The baby monitor sat untouched. Alan began to search the room, flicking on the lights and checking under the bed and in the closet. All the while I found myself lost in thought as I looked at the monitor. I was all but certain it had to be the source of the voices and yet there was no one. 
The thought should have been comforting, but it only made my fear grow thicker. Awake, little bear? Alan shut up, stiffening as he turned to face me. Our eyes locked, an unspoken terror shared between us as the two of us hurried back into our bedroom. What the fuck is going on? Alan's voice betrayed the discomfort we were both feeling as he grabbed the baby monitor from the nightstand. Who the fuck is this? He growled into the receiver. I swear to God I'll... Just turn it off. I couldn't take it anymore. That sound, the way the air seemed uncomfortably heavy with a strange sort of unearthliness. He stared at me, reluctant, before finally switching it off. The device went silent, and yet for a few moments I could have sworn I still heard it. The faint hiss of static still hanging in the air, persisting somehow despite the monitor being off. A squeal, like the feedback of a microphone, pierced the air, making the both of us jump. It was gone, as soon as it had started, leaving only the thud of my heart and a buzzing unrest in the air in its place. Abby began to stir, angry coos soon turning into a full-out tantrum. Alan and I said nothing, neither knowing what could be said to do away with the strangeness of the night. I'll take care of her, I finally said, scooping her up and off the bed. Okay, Alan said, his voice hard with a sort of anger I'd never heard from him before, as he busied himself yanking the cord out of the wall and gathering the components of the baby monitor. When he finished wrapping the cord around the monitor and shoving it into his pocket, he faced me with a sigh. I'm going to look the house over, be sure there's no one here. After that, I'm throwing this shit out. I nodded. While it was clear he was agitated, the events of the night finally wearing down his nerves, I didn't feel as if he was wrong. It felt like, even then, I could still hear that voice, a man's rasping and old, echoing in my head as it beckons for some little bear. I'll try to get her back to sleep. Tomorrow I'll call the police to file a report. Maybe see if they'll come out and... I shrugged. I don't know, scan the house or something. He nodded, making his way towards the door, where he paused to face me. Stay here with her. I don't... I don't know, something doesn't feel right about this. Okay. With that he was gone. I listened as best as I could to the sounds of his footsteps moving about the house, my heart on edge that at any moment a sudden commotion might ring out as he stumbled upon some intruder. When none came, I let myself into the rocking chair we'd placed in the corner of the room, trying my best to soothe our daughter back to sleep cradling her injured arm close. Alan returned minutes later. His eyes glistened with a look of utter rage, and his hands dangled a series of wires from which hung various small gadgets. I didn't want to ask what they were. Some part of my mind already knew the answer, and was horrified by the implications. Radios, he finally said, in a voice that was strained with emotion I'd never heard from him before. A bunch of fucking radios, one in her room, one in the living room, and a fucking camera in the garage. Well, everyone, that was the end of part two of the creepypasta. 
Every night at 2am, our daughter starts to cry. We should have listened. Tune in next week for part 3, the final part of the story, which may or may not need to be split into two parts depending on how long it runs for. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Well, that was the end of part two. Of Fucking the, uh, fantastic, mate, yeah. honest to God. Well, you'd be glad to know there's only one more part to it. And how long is that going to take? I've got no idea, because I've never read it. Oh, yeah, just, honestly, the show just gets better and better. <laughs> so, so, we're joined by with a guest today, Craig. He's actually everyone. fresh in the studio. I'm actually in the studio. Touch the mic so people know too. Ah, ah, ah. it's called, uh, no, it's contaminated. I've, it's contaminated. Now it's just, I've got the shit to be self now, Richie, oh, so no. you know what's going to happen is we're going to plan something next week, right? And then we'll and do it the after. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. So, so on that note, let's get ourselves into Richie's Corner. You don't get to tell me when Richie's Corner is. That's a good point. You have to wait in some kind of formal line or cue the music. Hello, welcome to Richie's Corner. This week we're going to have another shit show for you. Probably worse than last week's, let's be honest with you. Well, that's true. So the standards aren't high. So I could literally just pull my pants down, fart into the mic, and it would still be better than last week. What do you mean, pull your pants down? You've got no pants on, Richie. He has a point. He's got a point, Well, that's what she said. Not to him. Especially not to that guy. I see. Richie's corner. What was speaking about, Richie? Well, we've got some fan mail. We've got one here from Jennifer. It says, um, love the show. Hey, Drew, obviously. Um, but she's got a problem. It's, it's uh, my husband t- doesn't talk to me anymore. And she just wants some advice. Um, did I say husband there? You did. Well, that's pretty normal, if you ask me. So, yeah, everything seems fine there. Um, got one here from Michael, who just says, Hi. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Um, got one here from Kevin Watersniff. He's like, Birds fly. They do. Worst part. They also squawk. Mm-hmm. Not every bird, though. Oh, got one here from Barbara. Our Babs. Babs. Hi guys. Things are going great. We've moved in. Me and Big Ben. But Fireman Ben. Fireman Ben. Things were going great. But out of nowhere, I'm pregnant. And um But that's not the problem. The problem is that I haven't told him yet. But I know that Ben's had a vasectomy. Oh. So, well, I've, I've heard about Bill. No, Bill and Ben. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ben. Is it Bill's? You reckon? His brother Bill. Because he bonds. Billy Bonds. Oh, not so Billy Bonds. The bastard Billy Bonds. <laughs> oh, well, Barbara, let me know how that plans out. Best of luck. I am um, got my from Billy Bonds. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Just been out of my lass's house. Had a belt that time. Think she may be pregnant. Oh well. 
Richie, why don't you jump down a manhole, dick first into a pile of mousetraps, you utter twat. Are you still admitting you've got a dick? I love, I like Billy Barnes actually, because you were a bit of a prick like, aren't you Richie? Billy Barnes is the only one who calls me out on me shit. He is, like, He's the only one who sees through the fakeness and actually sees us for what I am. A fat mess of a human with a paper clip as a penis. Is <laughs> 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 he the paper and you're the clip? You'll be getting the clip. I suppose so. He's just got the hump just because I knocked his nana out years ago. <laughs> but his nana threw the first punch. So Yeah, but you weren't supposed to throw a scooter back at her. I think that's probably what I'm thinking of. She just got a new set of teeth done, didn't she, as well? He's Nara. I remember it well. Then Charles went right uh, across the street. Right? I went flying. It bit me in the face and went flying, honestly. Right in me nuts, it did. <laughs> <laughs> you hit that scooter right in my head, right? And then Charles went flying. It bit me in the nuts, honestly. And that's why I speak like this now, Richie! <laughs> that's, that's what started the whole feud, man. Yeah, it is. The Billy Carl Barnes with his arms came out flapping that with his stick out, honestly. He's like, Oh, she's not me now, I'm out of stuff. Ah, he's grand, ah. Ah, he's grand, I was alright. Ah, he's grand, I was alright. He went fancy on knocking out, just being the game of his grief all them years, hasn't he? Honestly. <laughs> bigger balls all them the grand, ah, didn't you? If Billy Barnes wanted to start, I reckon we should fucking start him. I'm fucking adding up this, like. Well, uh, well, well, we've totally lost that. What do you think of that, Billy Bonds? Uh, Billy Bonds, you and your fucking nana, nana, fucking. I wonder, actually, Billy, does your nana's minge whistle in the wind? That's the question for you next week. People thought we had wolves on yesterday. People used to think of the ones used to uh, wolf whistle at the last. That was his nana, wasn't it? It was. More Billy Scott. Is that where you got yours from? <laughs> she knocked her out and then stole a mobility stole scooter. Mobility scooter. <laughs> no, that was our nickname for his nana, the mobility no. scooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, Billy Barnes and his nana. Did you have a, like like everyone apart from ringing you? Oh, That's that was it, was well. it? Are oh, you you shot That's why I wanted to fight now. Is that was the fireworks that night? Because it was it getting a niggas down and it God. There was an infestation of bats one night. Oh, was I wonder how um, Mary Chase is going on these days. Um, I don't think it's going to be. But it's funny you should say that, actually. Because I've got a letter here from Dave. Alright, oh, Dave. Which has right. nothing to do with what you've just said. <laughs> no, I'm seeing Dave and Mary Chase. I have a problem. What the fuck do you want me to do, Bill? Oh, he's writing into us. That's uh, the problem there. Have you got any? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of emails here. Uh, one from Gorman Cockhead. <laughs> Hello podcasts, my name's Garwin. Yeah, I got that from the email. Uh, from Wales, after a recent discovery by my friend Gwent, the Bent, I've noticed you've ha- you have stole my ideas from my show, Bodfrogs. From, <laughs> from the boring presentation from Drew, the Richie's Corner. I'm just writing this to let you know I will be taking you to court about this. My girlfriend thinks I'm going over the top, but she's always a bit sheepish about stuff. I say you in time, you bunch of pricks. Well, Garwin, take one to court. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. And you with Billy Barnes, right? It's going to be Chinese Creek and Richie, down, right? Calm down, calm down. That's it! <laughs> well then. Well, I have got a second email from Margaret Chair. Oh, yeah, I just said Margaret Chair. I haven't heard in a while. 
Hello, it's Margaret Chair again, after Richard destroyed my 124 years of marriage. As I told you last week, my husband froze to death on the streets of Cossa del Shields. Just to let you know, his funeral is next week at Rivers of Babylon. That's where we sat down. Anyways, on my old dusty front, I've secured myself a date with Pablo, a 21-year-old crossdresser. I just want to thank Richie for the mess he's put me in. I would have never met Pablo. Man, he does feel like a woman. He said the dust of my cave makes his chest hair stand and deliver. He's now my Prince Charming. No, no, you read that wrong. That's his Prince... Oh, Prince, 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 Prince Charming. Prince Charming. Prince Charming. Who have I right sees the dyslexic? Prince Charming. I think it's something to do with Chinese Greg. Hasn't been out with a wild Chinese Greek like I've heard from a while. No, mm-hmm. I hate the Eddie salt to death. A bit like Pizza the Hut. Fuck off. Jesus, fuck off. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's the end of it. Just going out to me. Um, yeah, quite, quite an eventful one. Aye, quite an eventful one, aye. Totally scripted. Right, so back to the show. Well, that was a good uh, Richard's Corner. I think it's been the best one yet. That doesn't say much, so the. No, I didn't. Uh, normally, that absolutely. I hate Richie's Corner. Be I don't even like Richie, to be honest. Like, absolutely. Drew's great. bit really fascinates us, oh, right? Honestly, I fall asleep and wake up and he had edits. It's amazing, honestly. Right, anyways, word of the week, guys. Oh, yes, word of the week. Well, my word of the week is running. It's a form of exercise, something we never do. What the fuck's that? Exactly. I, mean, I know you like to run your mouth and run late and that, but you know. Right, mine is raspberry. Because you can eat them. Craig? Hi, Craig, you got one? Um, Raging. Mm-hmm. Because Billy Bonds has got his fucking raging. Oh, no, 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 Billy Bonds. Billy Bonds, he's had a thing of you, but now he's having a go at me, he's having a go at you. I Kid think boy. what's happening here is Billy Bonds is now your arch nemesis too. He is. Look at me, I like, uh, uh, like, uh, I, I, I think he's becoming the awesome. He's really angry, or he's having some Well, you know what? I think Billy Bonds is great. I, th- I, th- I think. Ah, oh, you would, wouldn't you? Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, you want to take his fucking side, do you? Aye, aye. Why do you think that? Why do you want to do him? You fucking dick. Podcasts.